Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I'm Isaiah. I'm Lexi. Hey, Lexi, how are you today? I'm not doing too bad. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Uh, I see we have some snow in the forecast. You know, that's... Really? uh, Yeah, very rare around here. So, definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully, don't get snowed in and power doesn't go out. And Yeah, as long as all that doesn't happen, I'll be good. (laughs) Well, it is January. I guess we shouldn't be too surprised, but... Well, you know, it's probably been a good three or four years before we got any snow around here. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, it comes, it, it doesn't seem to come around too often, but when it does, it comes around with a vengeance, so. Right, because that area isn't really equipped to handle snow, or they're not used to snow, I guess. Yeah, we're just not used to it. It's like the whole state shuts down, so. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like I, you probably saw in the news last year when Texas got hit with that big snowpocalypse last February. Oh, yes. The whole state uh, was, it was yeah. a mess. I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, I'd rather just stay off the out off the roads and yep. in my bed, and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on today's show, we'll be discussing some movies along with the music that accompanies these scenes. Um, these are some of our most personal favorites. They're not in any particular order or anything like that. But before we get to that segment of the show, uh, once again, we are going to open up the Southern Dictionary. And what I have for you today comes from the letter R. It's brought to brought to you by the letter R. The letter R. <laughs> the number five. The number R. <laughs> <laughs> and it is red eye gravy. Have you ever heard of red eye gravy? I have not. Really? Crack open that Southern Dictionary. Tell me what it is. Okay, so the red eye gravy is uh now the story behind it i'll get into the story behind it here shortly but the way you make red eye gravy is you you take some country ham and by country ham i mean this is like the salty stuff the real salty stuff that you get like for breakfast ham right and um you're gonna fry that up in a skillet when that when that ham has uh really gotten its uh starts to turn brown and kind of curl up almost like bologna you're okay. going to, you're going to, re- you cook all the ham that way, whatever ham you're cooking, you cook it all up that way. And then you're going to take a, about a half a cup of, uh, just depending on how much you're making here, but you're going to take about a half a cup to a cup of fresh brewed black coffee and you're going to pour it in that skillet and you're going to take your spoon and you're going to kind of go around the bottom of that skillet and you're going to pick up those bits of ham pieces that have kind of stuck to the glaze the pan that is exactly what you're doing and so once all that's done and you start to see like a uh it's like an oily film that kind of develops on top of that black coffee it's like a shiny uh shiny Grease, <laughs> grease mm, spot, okay. I guess. Okay. Uh, it, it appears to look like an eye. And so what? that is, yeah, that's where the, yeah, if you look at it from the right direction, it'll probably look like an eye, but that's where it comes from red eye gravy. Now, supposedly, now I believe it was uh, Andrew Jackson who uh, requested this quite often, uh, saying that, you know, his men, when they would get together and they would be out, uh, you know, during the war, that if they had a wild night the night before, he said he would tell his chef the next morning, you know, hey, make me some red eye gravy. And they say he would say, 
red eye gravy. Yes, I want my gravy as red as the as my soldier's eyes. You know, so <laughs> oh, that's, boy. that's just something I heard. Not not saying there's any truth to that, but, <laughs> right? But yeah. So have so you we, ever tried red eye gravy? Oh, absolutely, love it. Uh, it's so great. To go, is it go, just, go on grits? <laughs> it's just ham and coffee. It's just ham and coffee. It's not. Had, it's just bits of ham, really. Oh, okay. I was about to say you had me at ham. Well, like, they all play uh, an integral part to the overall combination of the the plate at hand. And, you know, you you, with grits. Oh, yeah. I serve it with grits, uh, pouring over top of grits, kind of. I was always the kid um, when I made, when mom made grits way back when, we always put butter. And I always used to like take sausage or bacon and crumble it up and put it inside the grits, kind of stir it all together. But now right. I'm a grown man. I, I'll put I'll put anything in there. I'll put <laughs> uh, sausage, bacon, uh, you know, scrambled eggs, uh, dirt I from the ground. <laughs> anything you got. Yeah. And, well, I mean, can I tell you something great. shocking? What's that? I don't eat grits. Shocked, I'm sure. I think we've had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I eat anything? I know. What do you eat, Lexi? Pizza. That's what you like? Yeah, pizza and Mexican food. That's that's my bread and butter. I, ha- I have no <laughs> qualm with that whatsoever because, as a matter of fact, when I was in school, that would, that would be the only thing I would order in the school cafeteria is pizza. Lunchroom pizza. Lunchroom pizza. Square and pizza. unless it was on chicken nugget day. <laughs> and if it was chicken nugget day, I'd get those. So you were all about it. Yeah. But I, yeah. I what'd you call that again? Your red eye gravy. <laughs> <laughs> red eye gravy. Okay. Well, I was thinking the black coffee. Okay. Red eye gravy. It's not yes. gonna be on any of my upcoming menus, but I appreciate you enlightening us on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how far that goes out. You know, it's great with some biscuit, uh, with a biscuit. Uh, I mean, it really does because you got the bitterness of the black coffee and the saltiness of the ham, and they just kind of coincide beautifully together. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong with it. Um, and, and and I can understand, uh, I don't know where you got your grits from, but uh, I do, me personally, I don't recommend uh, uh, Waffle House grits or, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, if they're not... For the most part, if they're not coming from my kitchen, I usually don't eat them. You don't recommend them. Okay. Well, you know, that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, Now, the closest thing that I've had to, you know, now I will say I'll take that back. Okay. I'll take that back because I do know of some real restaurants that actually make really great grits and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But like Cracker Barrel, for example. You Fresh. know, a lot of these, yeah, I mean, it's it's better than Waffle House, in my opinion, but yeah. I just feel like when they're cooking the grits, that should be the last thing that goes on the plate, that and the eggs. And the reason being is because nobody likes cold eggs and nobody likes cold grits. Sure. When you get cold, when you have cold grits and you let them sit, they become lumpy. I don't like that. They kind of... That doesn't sound good. Clump together? No, yeah, it's not. I'm not a fan about it, but, uh, you know. It'll be okay. I mean, like I said, everybody has their way of doing things. But uh, like for me personally, I would I would rather you know stone ground grits, uh, slow cooked on the stove, uh, none of this instant stuff. And I mean, I You're enjoy bougie it. with your grits. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> <clears throat> home just, cooking. Just know what I like. 
uh, yeah. So well, if I ever yeah, get the hankering for grits, um, I'll come knock on your door. There you go. We can't promise, you know, you probably have to wait 45 minutes for the grits <laughs> to get ready, but you know, Hey, they'll be, be good. It'll be worth it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And so, uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I've, I've, like I said before, I, you know, little mama and pop type restaurants, they have some really great grits, uh, usually shrimp, shrimp and grits. Yep. I've heard of them. That's really good. Um, matter of fact, uh, one of the restaurants from my other podcast, the Southern Spoonful, uh, the Roxbury Mercantile, they serve a mean shrimp and grits. I'm telling you, it's it's great. It is wonderful. Awesome. Some of the best I've had. You know, it's like, I don't think I like grits, but I mean, that kind of sounds good. <laughs> shrimp and grits, that doesn't sound bad. Like I said, you know, it's kind of like sushi. Like I told you before, don't go get the sushi at the gas station. Remember, so <laughs> yeah. we're not going to do that aim because we don't stuff. want. <laughs> yeah, you got to aim for the big. There you go. That's right. So without any further ado, guys, we're going to go ahead and move into the uh, meat and potatoes of today's show. Um, this is this is something we kind of put together. We thought it would be a little bit of fun. Uh, we both love movies. We both love music. And when you combine the two, it's a great combination. So with that being said, we each have compiled a list of some of the our favorite movies and along with the songs that come out of these movies or from the soundtrack of these movies. And so, like, I'll go first just for an example. Uh, but... My first one on my list that I wrote down because it was the very first one that came to mind is, for example, is from the movie Forrest Gump. Okay. And um, it is the song by Jimi Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower. And you know, I, I didn't know which one you were going to go with on Forrest Gump. You could have <laughs> gone with several, really. That, that was a great soundtrack. Oh, um, yeah. But yes, this is during the Black Panther Party scene where... Uh, you know, Forrest sees uh, this guy that Jenny is currently seeing and talking to, and he slaps her, and it everything else in the scene just kind of fades away, and we kind of see everything unfolding from Forrest's perspective and how he is just honed in on this guy that he has no idea who he is from Adam's house, Cat, but we know, just like Forrest, we don't like him. And now he has just given us that much more reason not to. And we just see Forrest with, he comes in knowing that what just happened isn't right. And he's going to do something about it. <laughs> and that song kind of, you know, it's kind of playing in the background throughout this whole scene. But when the camera shifts and slow motion kind of comes in and they zoom in on Tom Hanks face, it's just you that they ramp that music up and it's just like played in perfect harmony with what's going on. And I, I just, I, it's a great scene. I need to give Forrest Gump another watch. I haven't seen it in years and years and years. So I've kind of forgotten a lot about it. I just, mm -hmm. I do remember that the music was great, you know, oh, it is. Movie. Um, but I've kind of forgotten a, a lot about the, the movie itself. So that's a good reminder. I need to rewatch that. So again, we're not doing them in any particular order. And I, I had fun putting this list together. I was kind of wondering the whole time. I thought, okay, either we're going to have a lot of overlap on this list, you and I, or our picks are going to be way different. Um, so I thought that was kind of fun coming up with some of these. Again, no particular order. The first one I wrote down was um, 
the scene in the 1980 film Urban Cowboy, uh, where the song Cherokee Fiddle by Johnny Lee plays. Um, mm-hmm. Urban Cowboy is one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies, but <laughs> fairly early on in the movie, there's a scene where our two main protagonists, Bud and Sissy, meet for the first time in Gilly's Honky Tonk in Pasadena, Texas. Sissy goes up to Bud, asks if he knows how to do two-step. He says yes. She asks him to prove it. <laughs> and that's pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> but <laughs> that's their first dance to Cherokee Fiddle by Johnny Lee. I love that song anyway. Um, I love that movie for what reason? I don't know. It's a, You watch the movie and it's like, these are terrible people. And this movie well, is about nothing. But I love that movie. Uh, you know, Johnny Lee, um, he also had the song, you know, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Yep, from which that is movie. also an it, Urban Cowboy. Yep. Yes, it is. It was a great, it, it was a good movie for what it was, but I just don't see how they cast John Travolta in that role. Uh, I don't that, either. <laughs> that's but, me you know, I guess, you know, he pulled it off. Like they did not seem genuinely Texan and a Texan right. can spot a non-genuine Texan from a mile, you know, 20 miles away. Right. But I think, like you said, it was still good for what it was. The whole soundtrack was great. The movie, it's one of those guilty pleasure movies. You watch it. It's kind of one of those you watch it and you don't have to think you put it on and it's mindless entertainment but it's a good retro movie i really enjoy it um and i enjoy that song too so that is number not number one on my list but it's the first one i decided to to bring up i got you hold tight somebody's done called my phone (laughs) no worries yeah you know i like we were saying you know I, i just don't understand how they got you know scott glenn and you know, John Travolta in there, you know, it, it, not saying they didn't do the movie justice, justice. I just think that they could have um, gotten somebody a little bit more qualified, I guess. Um, yeah. But then it but, wouldn't have been a big blockbuster hit. This is true. I mean, but it's weird because you see him in Greece and you see him in Saturday Night Fever and then you turn around and see him in a cowboy hat and <laughs> right. you're like, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> Which of these things are not like the other? That's right. Scott but, Glenn uh, played West Hightower, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that was his I rival. I hated that guy. Hated that guy. And, and you know what? I was like wondering, I'm like, well, if y'all are so bad, why aren't we riding real bulls? <laughs> yeah, we're riding a <laughs> fake bull. Well, West Hightower, he was in the prison rodeo. Oh, really? I think he knew, he knew how to ride some real bulls. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, once again... Not in any particular order. Let me let me uh, uh, consume my list here because uh, now this is of course from movies, TV shows, whatever. Um, now I have two here because they come from the same TV show, but one of my favorite uh, cold opens of The Office. Oh, is when Ed Helms steps out of the elevator and he's got his, I guess, his iPhone in his hand and he's got his <laughs> iPods, uh, uh, earbuds in, and yeah. the human beings, beings, nobody but me starts playing and they put on this whole little intro and it's it's phenomenal. If you've never watched that, <laughs> that is great. Uh, that was just great made for TV. I mean, you couldn't get any better than that. I absolutely loved it. And the second one also comes from The Office uh, and it's when Ed Helms character uh, from the show, he actually um, sings when he's leaving the show, he actually sings, I Will Remember You by uh, Sarah McLaughlin. And I just, (laughs) I thought that was great. Um, And if 
for anybody out there, if you've never actually heard Ed Helms, uh, he does have a band. It's called, um, that's a good question. What is it called? Uh, ah, you got me. <laughs> and didn't he sing this... the Doug song in The Hangover? Yeah, he did. He sang uh, all those songs, yeah. uh, most of those songs in The um, Hangover. And I have to Google Rockstar. this. Uh, <laughs> oh, The Lonesome Trio. The Lonesome okay. Trio is the name of Ed Helms' group. And uh, they're kind of a bluegrass, uh, bluegrass band. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. surprising. Immediately when I when I thought Ed Helms for whatever reason or another I was thinking uh, the steep is it the Steep Canyon Rangers uh, which is of course Steve Martin's band. Oh so, okay. Yeah, so I, I was getting those two a little two bit more similar to that. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's kind of close there, uh, <laughs> but yeah, those those two scenes, especially that cold open scene where he just kind of steps out, you don't really know what's going on. All of a sudden he like jerks his face up and like looks in the camera and he hits the play button on that that iPod shuffle or whatever he's got in his hand. <laughs> right. and, and then all you hear is, no, 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 It was just great. And it plays out. They play the whole song. And it, it just, they're going around. They're doing some sort of like, uh, like social media challenge or something. Oh, and yeah. It, it, it was just great. And that, that's, that, was, that was great. I, I really did enjoy that. Um, and not to mention the fact that the Nard Dog, Ed Helms, um, really did, you know, I thought he grew a lot as a character. I thought he had a fantastic character arc uh, in the show The yeah. Office. And when when he did leave, it was like, he kept telling people, like, you know, I can play guitar, I can sing. And they're like, nobody believed him. And then he actually got the chance to do that when he left the show. And when he did, I thought he did a really great job. And so I just, I thought it was, you know, it was very... Uh, it was a very kind, uh, pleasant moment, and I really enjoyed that. But anyway, enough with that. Lexi, what's on your what's your next one? Well, this wasn't on my list, but now that you bring up songs <laughs> from TV and songs from The Office, I, I can't not talk about The Office if it's brought up, so I'm sorry. But my favorite episode of The Office, I can't remember what season, maybe season three, season four, Dinner Party. Do you know the episode? Um. Okay, remind me. It's when uh, Michael and Jan invite... People yep. over to the condo, okay. uh, Jim and Pam, everybody. Well, then Michael and Jan kind of get in a little, you know, little yeah, fight or whatever. Argument. Yes. And then she puts on the CD of her assistant Hunter. And it's, that one night you made everything all right. And then Ed Helms is like, ah. <laughs> so I'm going to throw that one in there. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so the next one on my list, I'm going to have to say, is from the movie Dirty Work. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Dirty I Work. I uh, can't say that I have, not to my knowledge. With Norm MacDonald. Okay. Um, it also had a small uh, acting role by Chris Farley. Um, and there's a scene in this movie where they're at a bar and this fight breaks out and I think Chris far. Okay. So first of all, Chris Farley's name in the movie, I think is Jimmy. I think his name okay. is Jimmy and he, and the bartender, uh, he's, <laughs> he says, he says, Jimmy look like we got a brawl going on tonight. What you going to play? And he's over at the jukebox. He said, he said, Rolling Stones, street fighting man, G7. And 
the bartender looks like he says, "You just hit G eight, and then it comes up playing. If you like peeing, you go oh, out." No. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was one. Uh, Rupert Holmes uh, escape the song. I, and I, oh that, yeah, that was great. And of course, you know, at that time it kind of had to play throughout the whole fight sequence but it, it was great it, it what really got me in that scene was how excited he was that he was getting ready to play this song and <laughs> then when he found out he hit the wrong button he does that classic chris farley whip of the hair like he stood up real quick like oh god oh no <laughs> <laughs> you know that sounds like a movie i might need to look up have you have you never seen dirty work no okay so dirty I even work i've heard of it trying to think who and all's in it okay so it's got norm mcdonald he's the one you need to be concerned with and um i can't remember the girl's name but she's the one that she was the blind girl that played on dharma and greg she was in it oh Uh, yeah i can't remember uh she was in it and uh but anyway what it is is they can't (laughs) him and his buddy they they can't find any work or whatever something they got a miserable life right so anyway what they do is they start a revenge for hire business so if somebody pissed you off (laughs) they you hire them to get back at them so nice (laughs) it was great i I thought the movie was pretty good it was pretty decent for its time you know oh dirty work yeah dirty work i'm making a note right now yeah go watch it i thought it was pretty hilarious it's i think it came out 90s maybe Sometime around there, late 90s. Yeah. Okay. Really good. It's going on the list. All right. So what's your next one on your list? All right. I put down on my list, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, I think, in a prior episode. Um, The scene or the song in the scene is Midnight Special. This is in the Twilight Zone, the movie from 1983. Okay. Yeah. The opening scene of the movie features two guys in a car on Uh a dark, deserted road. And they're seeing the Creedence Clearwater Revival classic, The Midnight Special. Um, they then <laughs> let the midnight special. Um, they then begin to discuss their respective favorite old Twilight Zone TV episodes. And then Dan Aykroyd's character transforms into a hideous monster and devours Albert Brooks's character. Do you so. remember what he? <laughs> do you remember what he says before he turns to him? Hey, do you want to see something really scary? Do, do you really? Do you want to see something really scary? And he was like, car over. Yeah, pull the car over. <laughs> pull like, the car over. Yeah, pull the car over. Okay, it, it's really scary now. <laughs> <laughs> and he does and that I, classic Dan Aykroyd. Oh look yeah. Ah, like the mouth open, tongue out. Like you're really this yes. is really gonna scare you. <laughs> and then remind me, does it play the Midnight Special again at the end of the movie yes, in the it ambulance? Does. Okay, okay. Uh, was it in the? Yes, it was in the ambulance. Uh, because the guy, uh, 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 John Lithgow, who was on the plane, uh, who had seen the gremlin out on the wing, uh, had, they had, they landed the plane and they were putting him in the ambulance at the end of the movie. (laughs) And the next thing you know, they had like shut the doors or whatever. And then he kept rambling on about what he saw. And then Dan Aykroyd appears out of nowhere. Yeah. He's the ambulance driver. Hey, want to see something really scary? <laughs> and then you see this ambulance driving away as the camera's panning back, and all you see is these lights flashing going down the road. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love that it. was that was good stuff. I love that. Me too. Oh goodness gracious. Um, let's see here. Okay, so bringing in something new here. Uh, I think I told you to go and watch this movie here a while back. So if you haven't 
gives you something to do this weekend. But the, from the movie, Always Be My Maybe. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I will. <laughs> Always Be My Maybe. Uh, the I don't know if this is a real band or not, but it's a band in the movie. Um, and the lead singer, of course, is the is Randall Park. Randall Park plays the, the the lead singer of this band. And so the name of the band is Hello Peril and Randall Park is in this band. They have a song in this in this movie called I Punched Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and I promise you that you will absolutely get a kick out of it if you listen okay. to it. So then, so it's kind of a bit of a rap, almost like a hip hop, and it goes, "Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves, and it was better than anything you could see in Speed. I hit John Wick, and now I'm feeling so appealing. Basically, I'm a god. You could call me Hercules." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Okey telling doke. you, this this is this is great. I mean this this song is one of those songs that really sticks with you, and right. I'm, I'm telling you, like pretty much all of Hello Peril songs in this film are absolutely great they got that little odd twist to them like that but they sound okay. really good and so that was one thing i took away from this movie because i actually just i love that it was a great it's a great scene in the movie and you know definitely it's one that plays during the credits so yeah it's great <laughs> well i i still need to watch that movie so i will watch it soon and you need I'll, to watch it you need I'll to watch be it on the lookout for that song i'll make particular note of it gotcha and what's your next one? My next one on here, and don't judge, I am a... Someone the other day called me a millennial, and I took great offense to that. Like, Ooh. I was about ready to fight. I don't feel like I'm a millennial. I don't know what I am, but this movie played a big part of my teenage years. Loved this movie. Um, it's from 2004's Mean Girls. The scene okay. where Santa's helpers perform Jingle Bell Rock at North Shore High's annual winter talent show real quick um, can i can i yeah. tell you what what movie i thought you were gonna say yeah 10 things i hate about you oh i'm not quite that old <laughs> <laughs> i remember the movie i watched it but that's this one was right let's see I, it came out when i was 17 so this was a this was a big one mean girls was right yeah so in this scene gretchen accidentally kicks the boom box into her lover boy jason's face and then katie Quick on her feet, then leads the crowd in a raucous sing-along of the classic holiday tune, Jingle Bell Rock. Gotcha. Um, I do remember bits and pieces of this movie. Um, it's not it's not in my library. Uh, but <laughs> I, I didn't can't figure it would be. <laughs> I can't remember the guy's um the guy's name, but I believe he does play a, a gay character on the in the movie. Uh, but he's singing uh What's the what's the name I of the girl? Beautiful. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he like looks down at the dude. Somebody was messing with him while he was singing that song. Christina Aguilera's "I uh -huh. Am Beautiful," and like he just like like beats his chest real quick and like get points a finger. And I was about to roll out my chair when I saw that. He was like, give it Words another can't bring me down. He was mad. <laughs> yes, and he's like, "Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't look at me." <laughs> you need to watch that one with the kids. It's yeah. a fun one. All right. So one of the ones that we just mentioned here, uh, not too long ago, we actually talked about this movie, um, has made my list. And that, of course, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, going back to that whole end sequence, 
with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and everything that unfolds there in the house. Uh, I don't know if you actually paid attention to the song that was playing on the stereo, but the song was Vanilla Fudge, uh, You Keep Me Hanging On. And that was, I was just like, you know, it was very subtle, but it worked in that moment. And guys, spoiler alert, if you haven't ever seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that dog, that dog is just great. <laughs> yes. I need a dog like that. Yes, I <laughs> <The dog> just- <laughs> That was probably one of the best endings to a movie I have ever seen. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, you know, and for it to, it's really weird because, in my opinion, I did not see that coming. No, um, me either. It started leading up to different stuff, and I'm like, you know, at one point, I'm like, where is this going? But I, I know it's kind of, you know, kind of rewriting history. But yeah. it, it, you know, it's 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 a movie. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoyed this movie. I um, did too, and I didn't. Um, I mean, I heard a lot of the songs in the movie, and they were great. The whole yeah. soundtrack's great. But there is kind of so much sensory overload in that movie. You're trying to pay attention to so many things. There's so many Easter eggs and so many great things that I didn't place that song in that scene. So uh, Exactly. Um, I think it was probably on my second or third rewatch of that scene that I was like, okay, yeah. And I hear, you know, you start to listen and that song kind of registers. And then, you, you know, you just hear the stereo in the background. And you keep me hanging on. I was like, oh man, that is yeah. great. You know, and it, it, cause, you know, that I, Brad Pitt, man, he flat out delivered in that movie. Absolutely. He was great in that film. Uh, the, the fact, like, even when he come in and I think he had the knife, somebody threw the knife at him or stabbed him in the, in the leg with the knife and he was just, <laughs> just was laughing. Just cool. Yeah, he was I'm, good. <laughs> I was like, man, you are. <laughs> Or back, dude. And that's when the dog come in. Man, that was great. This whole ending was freaking fantastic. And that um, movie, I don't think you can really appreciate it until you've seen it two or three times. It's Oh, absolutely. You, you got to watch it. And whether you like it or you don't, you have to watch it again. And then exactly. that will really give you a good feel for it. And then if you like it, you got to watch it again. And watch it again <laughs> <laughs> to really get everything uh that was in that movie. Awesome movie. Yeah, there's just so much to to take in. Um, and speaking of which, another Quentin Tarantino movie that kind of I lumped this one in with this one as well uh, was Death Proof. I, I love the movie Death Proof. Uh, it's one of my favorites that he's done. I know a lot of people say, you know, oh, it's very slow. It's very, uh, you know, it takes a long time to get going and so on and so forth. I'll be honest with you. I absolutely adore this movie. I love the way it was shot. Because um, it, it's got that 70s film vibe to it. Um, there's a lot of like uh, flicks and uh, uh, the, what do you call them? The, the little clicks and pops and stuff in the oh, okay. edited into the film to make it look that way. Uh, Did you say death proof? Yeah, de- death proof about the car. When did it come out? Um, it was one, one. What? Yeah. Uh, it, it was one. Oh, what do you call it? It was one of the movies because there was two movies and they were released at the same time and it was uh he directed uh desperado uh his name is is, is a rodriguez uh robert rodriguez okay. okay so quentin tarantino and robert rodriguez actually got together and uh robert rodriguez actually made a film uh which was called i think it was planet x 
Was it Planet X? That doesn't sound right. Uh, it's the it's got Bruce Willis in it. It's about a virus that gets loose and it starts affecting everybody. Um, there's a ton host of talent throughout that movie. Planet Terror. That's what oh, it was. Okay. okay, so these actually came out in 2007. So they were released together in theaters, and the whole point of it was was to give people that nostalgic feeling. And this. Uh, this was called the grind house is what they were called. Oh, so if you've never seen those, definitely get them. Cause you can buy them together as, you know, as a whole, like a whole movie, you know, So do the movies go together or no, like, are they yes, two different stories? In, oh. in a way? Yes. Uh, yes, they are two different stories, uh, but they work together. They play off of each other. So back in 2007, when these movies were released, they did, uh, market them together so death proof and planet terror uh so it was like you know uh back in the 90s they would they would showcase something like uh i remember you know hey you know come for batman stay for honey i shrunk the kids or whatever oh, you know yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know kind of it was like that yeah kind of, it was it was a double feature like that but these movies i mean i'll be honest with you uh planet terror uh both of these are, are really a play on that whole genre, that time that, you know, time that those movies come out. Uh, but these were both really great. And um, unfortunately, I did not get to see either one of them in theaters at that time. But I'm telling you, they uh, they they were really great. I'm telling you, because uh, I remember when these two actually came out, they were saying I hear a lot of, you know, as far as movie reviews go, they were saying that uh, Planet Terror was so much better than Death Proof. I think you know initially i thought the same thing but looking back on it and what i consider quality in a movie now i can see they both are neck and neck and i think these are both great movies um one they both have their own little bits of campiness in there and uh you know it just what makes a great movie great but in my honest opinion i mean you can't go wrong with either one of them all right so let me set the tone here for you uh and since you haven't seen it, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> okay. But there's a song in there that uh, it's by the band. It's a band, an older band. It's Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick, and Titch. The name of the song is Hold Tight. Okay. And this song is playing during a very crucial moment of the movie. It's I'll put it this way without <laughs> giving too much away. <laughs> The scene in which this song plays is you realize why they call it, call the movie Death Proof. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but go watch this movie. Um, hey. Now, I will say this. Uh, Kurt Russell plays in this movie. Oh. And because you have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh -huh. You have seen his character in this movie. Really? Yes. Oh, he played cool. a character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was actually from the movie Death Proof. His name was Stuntman Mike. Okay. Yes. Interesting. That, so there's a tie in there. Yes. So uh, go watch this movie. It has one of the best uh, coasters songs from their collection in this movie as well, uh, which is down in Mexico and you'll, you'll see what happens there. So yeah, I strongly, highly recommend you go watch that. Okay. Well, it is yeah. on my list. 
Where might I find that? Is it on streaming or? I'm sure it is. Uh, I think I actually have the movie somewhere, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to go watch that because okay. it's bothering well, me that you, it. it's bothering me that you haven't seen it. So I haven't seen yeah. it, haven't even heard of it, which is crazy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Where well, have I been? I don't know. Or well, put it this way: Where have you been? That Where you have know I been? All these very obscure, very. I don't like know. May, I've been in the realm of where it's called the Berenstein Bears, and you've been in the realm of where it's called the Berenstein Bears. It's always so. Berenstein. Yeah, and nope. another thing, <laughs> I was talking with somebody about this the other day. We were going over some of the Mandela Effect stuff. It's always been Jif peanut butter. So then where is everybody getting Jiffy from? Because I, I remember. I don't know. And I was watch. I almost sent you a TikTok the other day. It was something completely random. It was just a little cooking video, but the lady was putting peanut butter in the recipe, and she said, "And you add a cup of Jiffy peanut butter." I'm like, "Wonder where she got that?" Okay, so I think we've talked about this one on here before, but how do you explain the fire in the Statue of Liberty? <sighs> I'm not as familiar I- with that one. Okay, so long story short, there was a fire way back when it burnt uh, certain parts of the Statue of Liberty where people said that once that fire happened, no one could go up into those areas. Now, the weird part about it is, is that according to history and according to the Statue of Liberty website, people say and swear up and down that, oh, you've never been able to go to the tour. never had access to the Yeah, you never had access to it. I know what you're talking but about now. There are people out there with pictures and photos of them going into the torch and to these areas where they said we could never go. Well, if that okay. was the case, how did I manage to yeah. get there? Well, maybe there was no public access to it. Like you couldn't go there on Boo. a tour or whatever, but maybe somebody who knew somebody that got up there, I, you know me. You know Southern what? Skeptic. I'm trying to find a logical explanation for everything. You keep shooting me down. That's what I do. That's what you do. <laughs> You're good at it. <laughs> you know, but you, well, okay. All right. Here we go. Are you in agreement that there was a movie called Shazam? Yes. There, Shazam okay, is then. real. Boom. Yep. We're, we're, we're good on that. All right. Then. Can I be in the Mandela Club? <laughs> oh man i mean you know i mean here's the thing if one of them rings true then why can't all of them that's right i mean man that one i remember damn ed mcmahon never convinced me that he did not it's me ed mcmahon publisher's clearing house yep take my check yeah i don't know all sunday you know, that's just like the whole uh, Wizard of Oz with the at the end where they go to defeat the Wicked Witch of the West and Scarecrow's got a gun, a silver pistol. When in yeah. the hell did he ever have a pistol? Because I don't remember it. Could it have been added later? But why Why, why would they just add a why, random why gun? Would, why would you? Yeah, why would you? You would think if why anything, they would have the out the gun. I don't know. You've killed her. She's dead. She's dead. <laughs> oh. I have no idea, but <laughs> that that thing is still it bugs me, it bothers me. 
Um, because it, it does kind of make you question, you know, has everything I've ever known been a lie or is it me? Am I wrong? But then when you add on the fact that millions and thousands and thousands of millions of people actually believe the same thing or remember the same thing you do, then you don't feel not so crazy. That's, that's true. I didn't know that millions and thousands and thousands of millions were pe- people were concerned about the Berenstain Bears, but you know, I guess they are. Did you ever see Fraggle Rock? Yes. Okay. There's a pit in the show. They refer to it and it's called the deep, deep, dark, dark, the deep, deep, dark, dark, deep, dark pit. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why, but there are times when I'm speaking and I feel like that applies to certain things. And so just like in that moment, I said millions, and then I accidentally said thousands. So then I swapped it up and said thousands of millions. <laughs> oh, I thought he's just really trying to get his point across. A ton of people, yeah, talk about Jiffy peanut butter. I don't, I don't know that it bugs me. It bugs me. It keeps this type of crap that keeps me up at night. Well, at least it's inconsequential stuff like that. <laughs> True, but I mean, it kind of makes It'd you wonder, worse. you know, if, if these little things have been changed now, or we don't recall them being that way. Okay, Fruit of the Loom, the cornucopia, where the hell did it go? Because it was there. But they're saying you know it how? wasn't. I don't right? care what they're saying. I mean, but they're saying it wasn't, <laughs> but we do. Re- now, I remember it too. How can we remember something that was never there? Here's the thing. You have a collective number of people on the planet that, wait, wait a minute. There was a cornucopia. Just because somebody comes up and says there was a cornucopia doesn't make them right. But what makes it right is the fact that there are a number, I'm thousands and millions and millions <laughs> of thousands of people that came up and said, yeah, there was a cornucopia. I don't have an answer for you. I know. I don't have an answer either, but it bugs me. I remember it really the does. Cornucopia. Now, what's really going to be weird is the fact that that the third time that Nelson Mandela dies. Oh, gosh. That's going to be rough. Yeah. It's happened to everybody. Uh, who like is Rue, the- Rue McClanahan from Golden Girls? She's died like six times. Poor lady. <laughs> you know she was in Starship Troopers, right? She was no. in the movie. Yeah, she was in the movie Starship Troopers. She played one of the professors. Or Really? Yeah, she was in there. And uh, I'm glad. I'm happy to say that I was able to. I actually got to see the Golden Girls house in uh, Florida. Oh, well, that's cool. Yep, got to see that. And that's the fun. big, the big machine from uh, Roger Rabbit oh, <laughs> at the right. end of the movie, the big old uh, whatever they, the 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 same trip. Yeah, yeah, it was all on the same trip. It was okay. in the back lot tour at Disney World. Ah, gotcha. Well, that's mm-hmm. fun. Very cool stuff. Sounds like a very productive trip. It was at the time. There wasn't nearly as many people as there are now. That's true. You know why no one goes to Disney World anymore? There's too many people. Exactly. I would love to go again, but I'm not taking any kids. And I mean, <laughs> you know, never mind. I don't want to get off on that tangent. I'll be done. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll be here all day. To this show and you'll offend them. <laughs> well, I want to go to Disney World, but I ain't taking my kids. I ain't taking my kid. Rude. Look. I understand. One in- <laughs> First time's on me. Second time, you got to support your own damn habit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> pay your own way. You can pay your own way. 
right, so moving on. <laughs> What's your next song you got for us there, Lexi? Well, kind of in the same vein as Quentin Tarantino, or well, this comes from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, and this is going to be my second and last John Travolta entry of the episode. Don't worry. Um, in what's widely considered to be one of the best scenes in one of the best movies in cinema history, John Travolta and Uma Thurman's characters enter a twist dance competition and dance to <laughs> Chuck Berry's 1964 hit, You Never Can Tell, in 1994's Pulp Fiction. That was a great scene. It uh, was. Yeah, it was. Um, that whole movie's got some really great sound uh, songs to it as well. It does. It's hard to pick one song from that movie but to me this one is kind of iconic the the dance the yeah. music, everything it just it all goes together and uh when i was kind of looking online for some you know i was looking for music movie scenes whatever that i might not have thought of on my own right. this one kept coming up as number one even though i already had it on my list this one kept coming up as one of the number one um entries i guess you'd say so i figured it was worth putting on my list I agree. That whole dance sequence there where, where they're dancing and, you know, that whole little dance that Uma Thurman does has yeah. become, you know, has worked its way into pop culture. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, oh, goodness, my kitty is in here. Hey, girl. Um, so <laughs> there she goes. Uh, so there is uh, when we it's funny because we just got through talking about Disney, but there was a uh, restaurant in um, Hollywood Studios called the Sci-Fi Drive-In. Um, it is actually inside a building, uh, but it's made up. The dining area is made up to look like an old 50s drive-in sci-fi theater. Oh, cool. So, like, when you're inside the building, you're it looks like you're out in a, you know, you can actually see, you know, you see the night sky, and all the tables are cars, in the oh, park, <laughs> in the drive-through, I've like uh, seen that on TV or something. You may have, okay. uh, but they actually have like a huge drive-in movie screen up there, and it's playing all a whole bunch of like old, um, you know, weird movies and stuff, uh, things that are in the public domain that they can show there. Hmm. And uh, so, when you sit down, of course, you, you either you're sitting in the car. Uh, and someone who's bigger like myself, it can be quite a tight fit, but the kids were sitting up front and me and the wife were sitting in the back of the car and we were all faced the same direction. And of course I ordered a burger, I ordered a milkshake and some other good stuff or whatever. And so anyway, it, that whole experience there completely reminded me of that conversation that John Travolta and Uma Thurman have there at the diner because he was just like, He's like five dollar milkshake, and you know he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, they're really good. He was like, yeah, yeah, can I, can I have it, can I have a taste? Uh, why didn't you order one? And I'm not gonna spend five dollars on a milkshake. I just want to know what five dollar milkshake tastes like. It tastes like, <laughs> right? Like he's kind of wondering, like, who would spend five dollars on a milkshake? Exactly. Well, good luck finding a milkshake nowadays under five dollars. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of reminded me of that there, and. Uh, you know, the wife was like, you really going to get a milkshake? I was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to get a milkshake. Yes, she was like, I, wow. I was like, 
because I paid for it and I need to know what it tastes like. That's there why. There you go. Like, what does a eleven dollar milkshake taste taste like? Exactly. Let's find out. Lord have mercy. But everything we had there, that was one of our better dining experiences is in Disney World, by the way. So if you're ever in Hollywood Studios, I highly recommend that one. Um, it's very, it's really great. I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, the food's not that great." Well, you know, there was only two restaurants that we ate at that week that we absolutely love, and that was one of them. So, oh, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, that was a great movie. Yeah. English, but I'm gonna do speak it. <laughs> Long movie too. <laughs> it was. So uh, while we're on that movie, what do you think was in the briefcase? You don't know. I don't know. I hear a lot of people say they say it was a soul. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. Whatever it was, there was a lot of people after it. Yeah. See, I need to rewatch the movie. Yeah, so many of these, I, it's been so long since I've seen the actual movie from start to finish. I need to, this is another one that I need to rewatch. Kind of like Forrest <laughs> Gump. I've seen bits and pieces of it several times throughout the years, but I haven't sat down and watched it from start to finish for a really long time. Yeah, I agree. That's another one. I've I've seen it a couple of times over the years, but not nearly enough as what I should. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. What's the next one on my list? Uh, I'm going to say... The next one I have here on my list, and I know you're not a Marvel fan, uh, but both of these come from Deadpool 2. Okay. And uh, the first one is the the intro to the movie. Uh, it's done in the style of a James Bond type entrance uh, or intro, and that is Celine Dion singing her song Out of Ashes. But here's the great thing about that song is that, that she actually wrote that song for Ryan Reynolds for this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, like she hadn't written anything in quite a long time, and like he asked her, you know, hey, we would really love it if you would write this song, and she did. And uh, she gives a outstanding performance, and it's a great song. You know, I'm not a huge Celine Dion fan, right. but this was one of my favorites. Uh, maybe it has something to do with the movie that it comes from. <laughs> maybe it <laughs> probably, doesn't. That's probably a good part of it. But uh, yeah, it, it's this is really great intro. Um, you know, you see all these different images and stuff, like in most Bond films, the way they come on and the way they've evolved over time. Uh, over the years and it, it, this one fits right on in there of course instead of James Bond we have Deadpool and uh, right. this this is great um, another one comes a few minutes after the movie has started um, this will be the <laughs> Dolly Parton song 9 to 5 um, in Deadpool 2? yes hmm. I've seen yep. the first Deadpool I haven't seen the second one I want to say, actually, Dolly Parton's song actually comes before the Celine Dion song does. But, yeah, there's a, a, a portion in there. He's uh, hunting someone down, and he jumps uh, from one rooftop uh, and crashes into the window of this other building, like, right next door. Uh-huh. And he comes in, and the next thing you know, he's starting to get shot at or whatever, and he hides behind this bar where all the... or this bartender, this female bartender is. And, uh, he says something to her. He like, t- she's, she's got a cigarette or something in her hand. And she, he like puts it out for her. <laughs> <laughs> and 
he, you know, he knows he's about to go into battle. So he's like, it's a great, it's the greatest thing, but he's standing up there, you know, he's hiding behind the bar and he's like, hit it, Dolly. And then the song <laughs> starts playing. And then you hear that, you know, her tapping her, you know, her tapping her fingernails on the, on the, I can't do it. But anyway, I have no fingernails, but anyway, she's tapping her fingernails on the, on the border, on the table or whatever she's doing. And, you know, the next thing you know, it, the song, comes on and plays and it just it, it it was perfect i mean it it just it's just Made great you know yeah it really did and he was like hit it dolly and then the song hit comes it, on and it was like great i was like man that is really man that really jacks you up you know what i mean that, that, was, <laughs> that just really uh, puts you in the mood oh yeah oh yeah because i remember what he does he pulls eventually i think he comes out with the guns blazing but he eventually pulls out the swords and when he goes uh chopping bad guys up he makes the comment he says, he says, taking away, he says, taking the hands out of the guns of the criminals. And that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I need to watch Deadpool too. I, oh my I enjoyed gosh. the first one. I mean, oh man. It wasn't mm-hmm. one that I necessarily chose to watch. I think I kind of walked in on it and I sat there and watched it and I enjoyed should, it. So I should probably watch the second one. If you like the first one, then you're going to love the second one. Okay. Well, that's good to yes. know. I'll give it a chance. I'm telling I'll you. I'll add that you one would, to my list as well. You would love it. Great stuff. Cool. All right. So what's next on your list? Yeah. My next one comes from the 1990 movie Goodfellas. This is the Copacabana scene. Um, and the song playing in the background is Then He Kissed Me by the Crystals. Um, and and I think, he kissed me. Yeah. I think <laughs> this is probably one of the best scenes from my personal all-time favorite movie. The main character, Henry Hill, takes his girlfriend, Karen, on a date Mm -hmm. to the Copacabana nightclub in New York. And it's filmed in one long... Have you seen Goodfellas? I'm assuming you have. If you Um, haven't, I'm going to be sad. I have not. (gasps) Ah! Yeah, I know. As big of a cinephile as I am, and I have not seen Goodfellas. You know, I've got another confession. While we're all here, while we're all here and gathered, uh, never seen any of the Godfather either. Okay, I haven't ever sat down and watched them from beginning to end. The parts that I've seen are great, and I think they're, what's crazy, I think they're classic films. I think they're wonderful, but I've never watched a whole Godfather movie. I don't know why. I've never really been big into the whole organized crime. Oh, um, I have. <laughs> genre of movies. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a there's a few of them out there that I have actually seen that I actually really do enjoy, but those movies I've just never sat down and watched them for yeah. whatever reason. I just never have. Well, Nobody's I do remember watching Yeah. I do remember watching The Untouchables uh with my dad years several years ago. The T V show? Uh no, the movie. Oh, okay. I was thinking the T V show it had Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. Do you remember that? Uh no, I do not, but I do remember oh, okay. that the movie has Kevin Costner in it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well I like Kevin Costner. You'd think he would be redeemable. He would make Yellowstone redeemable for me, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. Oh, he will. Just hang in he there. He will. <laughs> he I will. Just everybody loves this guy named Rip. Is he something special? No spoilers, but is he like something super special? Do I need to stick around for this guy? Yeah, you do. I mean, okay. Rip's, Rip's, you, you will. Now I'm trying to think back on it. Uh, Rip is, um, he's like the muscle of the ranch and you will soon mm-hmm. You'll soon come to realize that. Okay. Um, because if you, in the first, second, uh, first two episodes, it doesn't really go into a lot about Rip, but it eventually will. You should definitely okay. just I know. stick Everybody with it. 
everybody tells me stick with it. It gets awesome. It gets awesome. I really struggled to get through episode one and I've gotten a few minutes into episode two and I'm just, I'm too all over the place, but I need to sit down, watch it and get through it. But anyway, just what, just wait till you, uh, he starts taking people to the train station. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Just trust me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I, I will make that another part of my homework. I will finish another episode of Yellowstone by the next it's time we record. It's kind of weird because he kind of starts out as a background character because he it, to initially he's not really part of the main storyline, but they right. slowly kind of integrate him and like the more episodes you watch, you see the more screen time he gets. So sure. just keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought, that, I, like I said, I've never seen the movie, but yeah, that is a great song. Okay. And then he kissed me. Yeah. Um, but the where I first uh, heard that song was, um, I believe it is it Elizabeth Shue who played um, in the movie, yeah, the eighties movie, uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Movie? Yep, yeah. yep, uh-huh. Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah, and that was one of the songs uh, she was singing at the beginning of the movie because she yes. had this whole big date planned for her and her boyfriend or whatever, and then she got called in the babysitting or whatever. I think her name was Chris in that movie, if I recall. I can't her name, but I remember the movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a good movie, you know, good eighties movie. It was definitely eighties movie. Oh, definitely eighties um, movie, which I oh love. yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna need you to watch Goodfellas, and this uh-huh. scene here is uh-huh. to me one of the best scenes in the movie. It's filmed in one long Steadicam shot, and it's okay. really awesome how they did it. But it takes them from outside. They enter the club through the kitchen area, and they go up toward you know through the kitchen and. It ends up with them being seated as VIPs in the front row, and they have a Mm -hmm. bottle of wine given to them. Um, And at some point, Karen asks Henry what he does for work, because she's like, okay, this guy was tipping everybody $20 each, and this was supposed to be in the 60s. Um, And then he, like, really unconvincingly tells her that he's, quote, in construction. (laughs) (laughs) um, But, yeah, this is only one of several great music scenes in the movie. You really need to watch it. It's I thought when you said that. When you when you said the Copacabana, I was thinking at the Copa Copacabana. <laughs> no, not not in this one. Where fashion sits, putting on the Ritz. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, that, that beat kind of creeped me out. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like, when did Tim Curry start doing music videos? Yeah, he's a little spooky. That guy. He was. I can't. Um, I can't remember his name now. I feel like uh, Taco. Or yeah, it probably is. I don't like remember. Fish taco or something. fish taco. Yeah, that's the name. <laughs> um, what was the? Uh, oh yeah, because it comes off. Like, it's Gary Cooper because that's who I used to call him when I was little. That was Gary Cooper singing, oh. but he kept saying because he kept referring to Gary Cooper in the song, and I was yes. like, yeah, that's Gary Cooper. You know what the artist's name is? What it's Taco? Is it? It is Taco. Why? I guess I watched too much pop-up video when I was a kid. So. Pop-up video. video. <laughs> it's amazing what we, re- what we, re- what we, what re- we, we recall. We <laughs> I learned way too much information that I will never use in my life off of pop-up video. <laughs> it is awesome. I agree. I agree. Back when they played videos on VH1 and MTV. Play music yeah, on behind but the music. Yeah. Oh, those were the best. Again, so much useless information I learned from those. Like I watched <laughs> the behind the music of Leaf Garrett, an obnoxious 
number of times, and I couldn't tell you a song that he sang. Yeah, me either. I knew everything about his life. That's right. Because of behind the music. There was so much education back then. Yep, absolutely. And now it's just all reality. Eh. Some of it is better than others. Absolutely. All right, so my next uh, song on this is going to be the from the movie P.S. I Love You. Uh, now, it was actually in the movie, it was performed by Gerard Butler, but the original artist was Steve Earle, and this is the Galway girl scene where she goes to Ireland, um, and she's in the bar, and uh, she hears this, she's having kind of a, She's thinking back during this scene here about when she first met her husband or soon to be husband. And, um, yeah, it, it, this is a great scene because, you know, it's got that full on Irish vibe and people are, people are dancing and singing along with the music. And he actually comes off the stage and he starts playing his guitar and everything. And, you know, he kind of, uh, comes, uh, kind of approaches her and he begins singing and she, you know, like in between words and lyrics and stuff, uh, he starts saying, he's like, hey, that's a very nice jacket. Well, it was his jacket because oh. <laughs> he gave it to her earlier in the day because they oh, actually no. met earlier on in the day. And it was just, oh, it's a very nice jacket. And he was like, thanks. I want it in a bet, which is exactly <laughs> what he told her uh, when she asked about the jacket earlier in the day. And oh, so, uh, yeah. And so, but, you know, of course, at this time, her husband had since passed on and she's she's kind of working away back to uh nor some sort of normalcy in her life and this was just a great scene uh it's it, by the end of it, it it starts out very very good very good time it's very reminiscent of what she used to know and who she used to know but by the end of it it's kind of it's kind of like joyous tears i guess you could say See, um, that's one of those movies that i just choose not to watch uh, I like yeah. movies that make me sad. It's not to make you sad. It's to make you happy. Your husband died, not sad. That's sad. He, I know, but you know, that's the thing. This, you know, she doesn't want to move on from who her husband, uh, of who she was married to. But the point of it is, is that there was nothing that he or she could do. And so, have have you not ever watched it at all? Because of okay. that. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. He had a uh, brain tumor. Oh, and gosh. he was aware of it. He was aware of it. She did not. He did not let her go through with that with him. And so what ends up happening, it was... So when he died, it was pretty much a shock to most people except him. And he had everything planned out. So when he found out about him actually having the brain tumor, he took the time to come up with a way to help her through her grieving and so he began uh he was like he set it all up because he knew he wouldn't be there for her birthday and so he set it up where a cake would be delivered along with a uh, a cassette with um a, a voice recording from him on it to tell her happy birthday and to you know hey just look i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not there with you please just just you're going to start receiving some things in the mail. Just please go along with them. And so it's just his way from beyond the grave to try and help her move along because he that doesn't is, want her. I know it sounds dead man. 
it well it, i know it sounds a little bit morbid but it's it's really okay, heartfelt i'm just curious like i guess he had to have known that like he's done for yeah. he's gonna be dead because it's yeah. like what if i know this is terrible but like what if oh he there was a miraculous cure and he lives and then she's just getting these random things oh, i guess yeah. he would just play it off like oh i ordered this for your birthday <laughs> okay so what you what you find out at the end of the movie was that it was her mother who was sending the <gasps> letters Be- oh. but it was here's the thing he was they were all written by him but she okay he, so he yeah. told her mother that he was dying but he didn't tell her yeah if my mom did not share that piece of information with me, I'd be really upset. But the p- point of it was, was that he didn't want, you know, like, for example, when anytime somebody gets cancer, it's not always the best. Um, you know, especially not always the end result, but on the same hand, the journey that it takes place to get there. So he saved her all that so that she didn't have to worry. And see, a lot of people think that's very insensitive and it's not fair to her. But on the same hand, he did her a favor. You know, yeah, he I'd was, probably do the same thing to tell you the truth. You know, <laughs> I mean, because like I said, I, I told the wife, you know, and I'm, I've always meant this. I'm like, if there's ever if there's anything uh, remotely resembling a, a you know, a, a spectral afterlife, I'm coming back to haunt your ass. <laughs> period i mean and i mean that i mean that in from the nice bottom way. of my heart in a good yeah way. i'm yeah in a good way i really absolutely mean that because there are certain aspects of this movie that uh you know because it's weird because when she first starts grieving after the the most recent loss of her husband he you know she can still smell him uh there's clothes of his in the closet and it's just all this different thing and, and then she starts recalling all these times that they had and I think it's very sweet. I think it's a beautiful movie, to be honest with you. I really do. Um, yes, it is kind of tear jerking and, and so on and so forth. But the thing about it is, is that some of the hardest stuff that takes place in the movie takes place early. So in my oh, opinion, okay. this is me in my opinion, but in my opinion, um, you don't really know these two characters yet. So you're not fully invested in what's going on. Yeah, you're not attached to him yet. You know, by the end of the movie, if if he would have died, then you would be pissed off. Right. So this movie puts it all up front. All the hard stuff to sit through is up front. Okay, maybe I'll put it on my list, but it's not going to go I'm telling you, on my list. Cause it's it, it's a I great like movie. It really... I know, I know, but I promise you, this is a great movie. It really is. And I mean, I think, like I said, you know, when I first saw the previews for this movie, I was just like, wow, that's a pretty cool concept. But when you, when you break it down, I mean, it's got Harry Connick Jr. It's got Lisa Kudrow. Uh, I think it's Gina Gershon, uh, Hillary Swank and, um, what's the, uh, Gerard Butler. Uh, but yes, if you've never seen the movie, that movie that oh p.s i love you then yeah. definitely go check it out i thought I, th- I think it's definitely worth a watch it, it's become one of my favorites i really do um not to mention it, it really has some great songs in it as well so i highly recommend okay well i will like i said i will put it on my list well the next one i have and i don't really have a whole lot to say about it um <laughs> <laughs> bohemian rhapsody by queen do you know the movie I'm going to say Wayne's World. 1992 is Wayne's World. <laughs> All I wrote down here was, need I say more? Exactly. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that that is pretty iconic. So iconic, in fact, that they actually worked movie scenes into the music video. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. That was that was great. One of those scenes that you know the scene, even if you haven't seen the movie, you know that scene. I completely agree. I agree. And I knew the scene long before I ever actually sat down and watched the movie. The movie, I could kind of give or take. It's fine. It's not yeah. my favorite. But, it's one of those um, things. Yeah, like you got to watch it at least for that scene. Yeah, I agree. Which only takes place about 10 minutes into the movie. So you- right. <laughs> so you can just like, eh, through with this. If you're going to hurl, hurl into this. <laughs> it's a decent movie. It's it is. Right. I mean, you know, you know, for what for, it is, for, for what it was at the time, because there wasn't a whole lot of movies, uh, you know, because that was right around the time SNL really started releasing some movies, and yeah. then over time they've really gotten better and better. But uh, in my opinion, it's way better than MacGruber. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever seen this one, but this is another sappy. Uh, it's funny. Um, it has some satire in it, and um, I thought it was a really great movie. Uh, but Dan in real life. Um, yes, I love that uh, movie. Yes, I actually love it, too. Um, in the movie, it's performed by Steve uh, Carell and um, <laughs> Dane Cook. Uh, but the song uh, is Pete Townsend, uh, Let My Love Open the Door. Yeah, and uh, that song right there when they were doing uh, the whole family's talent show or whatever, and uh-huh. you know you could tell it, it was really weird because he was supposed to play all he was supposed to do is play the guitar and kind of sing backup, and so that's what he started out doing. By that, but by the end of the song, he kind of let his emotions uh, for this woman that he just recently met. He kind of let that out. And uh, unfortunately, his emotions were for the 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 woman that his brother was currently supposedly <laughs> in love with. Yeah. But I thought it was really sweet. It was a really sweet moment where, because uh, you could tell it was like it was like Dane Cook is supposed to be the one singing it, but right. it really shines through for Steve Carell, yeah. even to the part where you know. Dane at one point, because I thought it was a little embarrassing on his part, but he thought the song was over. And Steve Carell knew it well enough that he began singing the last little bit of it. And I was like, that that's pretty wild. I really enjoyed yeah. that. And I so that but, movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. And really, really great know movie. About it. You know, I'll ask some people if they've ever seen it and they're like, never even heard of it. Yeah, that's a great movie. It really is. Um so, uh, yeah, that's I. It's one that I, I think it gives a lot of uh, like family vibes. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I've always envisioned uh, going somewhere, you know, because it looks like their family lives on the Cape somewhere in New right. England somewhere, and they got a big house, big. Uh, you know, it's one of those places where any time of the year you drive by it, you see smoke coming out of the chimney up the <laughs> yeah. top and, and they the got leaves a pop- are always yes well, the leaves it's always yes. fall there uh-huh. and uh we're gonna go eat some lobster and yeah. so it's just you know i'm like oh my the god kind I- of, <laughs> the kind of families and the kind of homes that don't exist in real life <laughs> yeah i can't think of the guy's name that plays his dad in that movie uh but i know he played in frazier uh but uh, yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, can that be my granddad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely recommend watching that movie. It's oh clean. yeah, I mean, it's a clean movie. 
Uh, it's not real long, but it's just it's a cute little movie. It's easy to watch, so I yeah. I really enjoy it. Absolutely, that was a good movie. Yeah. And so, what's up on your list well, next? Next here, I have Sound of Silence from 1967's The Graduate. Did you ever wow. see The Graduate? I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of it. Okay. Um, Never actually watched one, it all the yeah, way through. Yeah, it's another one of those that I haven't seen all the way through for quite mm-hmm. some time. But this particular scene has always kind of stood out to me. Um, it's in the final scene of the movie. Dustin Hoffman's character crashes mm-hmm. the wedding of Catherine Ross's character. And he screams, <laughs> Elaine! And she screams, Ben! And they run <laughs> off out of the church together. And they board a bus to begin their new life together. Or so it seems. In the final moments of the scene, Ben and Elaine sit together in stunned silence and contemplation as Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence plays. It's one of those scenes where, you know, at first they're real happy, you know, they, they yeah. got what they think they wanted, and you just see in the final probably 30 seconds of the movie, is this really, like, they're just this sitting This is what I signed up for. Did, did we really just do that? What did we do? So it's kind of one of those, and then... Just the song starts playing in the back. It's perfect for that scene. And there's a lot of um, Simon and Garfunkel songs in that movie, Mrs. Robinson, and I think there yeah. are a couple others. Um, it's a good music movie. Um, the movie itself, it's supposed to be, you know, it's regarded as a classic. I liked it. It's enjoyable. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but um, it's worth a watch for sure. Right. Um, I think my favorite uh, Simon and Garfunkel song is My Monochrome. Really like that song. Um, that one, I don't really even know if I know that one. I'm sure you've I'm heard sure it. I'm sure I've before. heard it. It is. He's talking about a camera, is what he's talking about. Oh, okay. take, a, take my monochrome away. Yeah. It's a good I, song. It's a little bit upbeat, a little bit more catchy. Um, I think my Simon and Garfunkel, my favorite one's probably Sound of Silence. But I like a lot of them. I never, I'll be honest with you, it took me a really long time to realize what uh, the song Sound of Silence, uh, what it actually was. And what I mean by that, I've heard it a number of times uh, on the radio throughout movies and such. And um, one of the most memorable uh, times I actually heard that song was uh, in the movie Kingpin uh, at the beginning of of that movie. Um, Of course, you know, he guy falling on hard times and he's uh he's actually sleeping with his uh landlady to uh try to just make ends meet at this point sure. to so he don't get kicked out <laughs> and of course you know he's hugging the toilet after sleeping with her throwing up and everything <laughs> oh, no. and the next thing you know you know the sign like, hello darkness my old friend <laughs> yesterday uh i was cooking lunch and doing some stuff in the kitchen and i don't know what made him decide to do this, but my husband put on the big surround sound speakers, every cover that he could find of sound of silence. So we listened to sound of silence for probably a good hour. Nothing. How many covers are there? Several. I know the disturbed version and that's about it. Oh, we, we rocked out to that one. There's one by, I think the band's called Boba flex or something. (laughs) Okay. Of course there's the trolls that do it. Um, and he found several others. So, and of course, we listened to the original too. So, for probably a good hour, it was nothing but sound of silence. And I didn't even tell him that I put that on this list. So, I thought that was kind of funny. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really did enjoy the disturbed version. I thought they brought a lot to the song, but they made it their own. And I thought I really enjoyed that version yeah. of it. 
Yeah, we were kind of um, talking about that yesterday. It was the version of that song that we didn't know we needed. Yeah, I agree. Um, and when it come out, uh, there was a, it, I mean, it really, I think it really does amp up the song and it makes it yeah. better than the original, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. You can't really replace the original, but on the same hand, it it takes it to it takes the original to a different place. Yeah, uh, and I don't a, think they yeah. overdid it either. No, you uh-huh. know, I think they could it could have easily been overdone. And it would have just been mm-hmm. too much. I think it was perfect um, the way that they did that cover. I'm going to tell you there is a there is a Stephen King book uh, called Revival. And so, spoilers if you've never read the book Revival, because uh, Lord have because Lord have mercy. I really wish they would make a movie on this book. Um, this was, uh, you know, Stephen King. If you've ever read any of him, he has quite a many a different writing styles. Um, some of his work can seem uh, very, very long, very drawn out, very. Uh, very detailed and ornate, but uh, this book here in particular was a very easy read, very quick, uh, a very fast-paced book. And was it kind of one of it, the novelettes or whatever? No, it's a full book on its own. Yeah, okay. it's a full-length book on its own, but it's not nearly as long as some of his others. The great thing about this book is, is it follows this this guy from when he was a kid and when he first met his pastor. Long story short, the pastor, uh, he was a new pastor in town and this guy's, uh, family and they all, they all come to know and kind of love this pastor and his family. So the pastor's wife and newborn son got in a horrible car accident and they were both killed. Now this, this, this completely just distraught the pastor. To the point where it drove him, you know, of course, when, when death, when we're all faced with death, we all question uh, certain aspects. And this pastor was no different. He uh, went on a full on tirade to berate and uh, pretty much cuss God out in church. Okay. Um, and not needless to say, he was done for in the town after that. Right. Uh, so, and, and that was fine cause it's pretty much what he wanted. So he packed up his things and he left and he has completely devoted his entire existence to really answering the question, what lies on the other side of death? Oh, okay. At the end of it, we're just going to jump straight to the, to the end of it. He, he basically, he creates a device and the technology to be able to open the door to the other side. And he gets into some very dark stuff here. And for whatever reason, the, the song, the sound of silence reminds me of the, what, uh, of what, uh, uh, Stephen King had wrote and described this this afterworld, this afterlife of, and it's very it's very creepy. It's very creepy indeed. At the the end of it, what they end up doing is that they it's described as like there's these they see all these people, all these people, thousands of people. Uh, they're thinking thoughts, but nobody's speaking. Uh, huh. There, yeah, it's really weird like that. And I'm like, and you know, Stephen King is a huge music fan. So it, it, he may very well have written it this way <laughs> sure. after that song. You know, I, <laughs> right? I don't ever know. Uh, but 
he he writes it. It's really I don't know I I don't know I, I'm if you can't tell I'm really excited right now because I want to <laughs> share this with you, but on the same hand, it's very hard to uh, recreate it unless you read right. the book. But I've never heard of this book. Oh so, man, I mean, it's like great! Saying, it was never adapted into a film or TV or anything. Not to my knowledge, but okay. it, I really wish they would. Oh man! How old is um, the book? Is it one of the old ones or is it a newer one? I think it's fairly newer. Because okay. um, I read it just a few years ago, but I'll be—I'm about ready to read it again, to be honest with you, um, because it was—it was that good. Um, oh well, how about that? They actually had. Mike Flanagan of all people to to make the mo- the book into a movie. Oh, okay. I, I'm telling you, when I first read this, the image that projected into my head from what I was reading in this book is is just that absolute uh, terrifying. Um, I'm just telling you, go read the book. Go read the book. This a revival. Is- revival it, it okay. should it should be fairly cheap but go read this book i'm telling you this was one of my this is what made me really start reading stephen king you know i always had plans to read a bunch of stephen king books and i think i've read a couple i can't even remember which ones they were now uh but it's an undertaking to read his stuff now once you get into it they're amazing because they are like you said very descriptive very uh, you know, they go into a lot of detail, but you kind of have to be prepared for that when you <laughs> when you start reading a Stephen King book. That's what was weird about this book because it kind of takes on it's not anything like any anything else that he's written, in my opinion. Not that I've read everything that he's written, yeah. but it's the fact that it's a very easy read. It's not it's not like picking up, um, you know, uh, what was the the one, oh, The Shining. It's not right oh, reading yeah. that or Stephen King's It. There's a, you know, because when I first tried to read Stephen King's It, there was a whole bunch of words in there. I had no idea what they Oh, meant. yeah. And, that, and uh, yeah. that book goes places that the movie doesn't go. <laughs> oh, <something> yeah. <laughs> very, 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 very much. Yeah. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. I would have to say that one of my favorite, uh, it's like a bit of a montage, but from the movie Wedding Crashers, uh, the Isley Brothers shout part one and two uh, <laughs> from the, you know, the the whole wedding montage that they put right. on at the beginning okay. of the movie. That was, that was great. That was, that was really great. You know, Vince Vaughn is a force to be reckoned with in this movie. And, yeah. uh, you know, he... It, it just shows like the number of weddings they're going to everything that they're that's happening left and right. And it, it's really great. Really great. I need to rewatch wedding crashers. I haven't seen it in a long time. Makes you want to get up and dance though. With yeah. that song. I love Absol- that. song. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. Good stuff. Cool. Well, my next one, and I didn't really write down a whole lot for this one either, because I don't think it needs it. Mm-hmm. The cantina scene in the original star Wars. Enough said, pretty much. I mean, it's instantly recognizable music, classic scene, classic movie. I just love it. So, my next question is Have you seen The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett? No. They kind of bring back some of those characters. Really? My husband watched The Mandalorian, but I didn't watch any of it. I think they're still playing the same song. Probably. 
Which, I mean, why wouldn't they? It's a great song. Da, 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 da. I think a long time ago I had that as my ringtone. Back when you had to pay really? for ringtones. I think that was my ringtone. Remember the ring back tones? Oh, yes. yes. Where, like, when you would call somebody, you would get a song. Please enjoy the ring back tone back and tone? your party answers. Party is reached. <laughs> and you would learn a lot about a person by what their ring back tone was. Oh, yeah. And some people, yeah, some of these people, it's like, and apparently some people still have ringback tones. I'll have to call customers every now and again. And their ringback tones, I'm like, how long have you had this? Is this new? Because it's like, I would have, I consider myself to be a fairly good judge of character. And some of these ringback tones, I'm like, I never would have pegged you for, for that kind of person. <laughs> so, I thought they didn't do them anymore. I, I think they do. I've heard some within the last year. That's crazy. I think, yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know, know they still did that. I don't think I ever had a ring back tone. I think I, I had a bunch of just ringtones, but I don't, I don't remember if I ever had a ring back tone. Unless they released some that were free, like around the holidays right. or whatever. I think I do yeah. have Feliz Navidad. Okay. Time. Yeah. I don't think I ever purchased any. <laughs> <laughs> On my Motorola Razor. I know, right? My Crackberry. Yeah. Uh, good times good times alright so I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up now the last thing we, we have here we got three different categories here and they are guilty pleasure soundtrack the most underrated soundtrack and the best overall soundtrack so Lexi I'm going to let you go first what is your guilty pleasure soundtrack that you uh, love to listen to, but you know, you, you know, it's kind of corny, kind of cheesy, yeah. but you love it nonetheless. Like if I'm listening to it in the car and I get to a stoplight, I turn it down a little bit. So no one hears me listening to yeah. it. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling it's probably going to be the same as a lot of people out there and no judgment, you know, Hey, it is what it is. Dirty dancing. Really? From the 1987 film, dirty dancing. How is that? I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. So, are you saying that I shouldn't be, that I shouldn't feel I, guilty about it? That I no, I don't think you should. That's a great okay. soundtrack. And a matter it's of a great sound, it really is. It's a great soundtrack. You know, in the film, I don't know if it holds up or not. <laughs> I really oh, I don't. definitely, I, I disagree. I think it does. Okay, I mean, it's I one think of those it does. It hits you different when you watch. Like a lot of stuff makes sense when you watch it when you're older than when you're twelve what half of that stuff means um but i'm not gonna lie it is kind of some of the stuff some of the music or the scenes or whatever a little cheesy but <laughs> i swear uh, to god johnny i tried to get in the door <laughs> oh man see did not know what that meant i know what is going on what why is she yeah. Oh, why yeah. why is she Bro. crying all the time she crying yeah, what's all the time so wrong but yeah Wait. i don't know like i consider that a little bit of a guilty pleasure um, yeah, I, I can understand, um, based on today's standards. Yeah, I can, I can see that a little bit, but, uh, in my opinion, I, th I don't think that's anything you have to feel guilty about. Okay. Um, I think that is just an, a, an outright great soundtrack for, for a great movie. So I should just um, claim it. Claim it, own it. Okay. Uh, you yeah. know, Hey, don't turn that, di that not dial down. <laughs> okay. If anybody so asks you, you about it, you say, Hey, I carried a watermelon. Yeah, there you go. When you pull up to me and I'm listening to She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze, don't say anything. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that's no, great. That's, you know, I need to rewatch that movie. Didn't he do the other song on there too? There was another. Uh, this uh, was it. Overload. It's overload. He, was that him? I think it was. It might have been. You know what? We're gonna do some digging. We're gonna find out. Okay. Because uh, I remember that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie uh, where, um, where he uh, they actually go into oh gosh what is it oh where they go uh, he takes her it's raining uh-huh. and, oh, and they I go out the scene, driving yeah and they go, and he, has they to, go he, he has to bust the window yeah he busts the window with the post in the ground yeah. and then he uh they they climb in or whatever and they go they go riding out into the they go out into the woods i believe and uh they're practicing balancing on the the log yeah, the log that which is great. I, you know, for a kid, I was like, "Ooh, they could fall." <laughs> That's so dangerous. <laughs> I know. Okay, so let's see. All right, so I've had the time of my life, which is, of course, the iconic song at the end of, of the course. movie. Um, all right, so she's like the wind. Patrick Swayze, um, stay. Uh, you don't own me. Uh, Overload. It says Zappa Costa. Is the oh. name of whoever does that? Um, I don't know. I'm not feeling so guilty about it anymore. There was a lot of great movies. No, music there in was that a. Movie. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. But yeah, there. The, this some of this was filmed in Virginia. The other part was filmed in North Carolina at Lake Lure. Um, my brother-in-law has taken um, a tour of Lake Lure, and they showed where different parts of the movie and stuff were filmed at. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, um, you can if you ever go to Lake Lure in that little area there, you can definitely tell that. Wow, this is definitely from the movie. You can tell. Right. That is awesome. And uh, but I think like the lake and the resort and stuff like that. I think I want to say all that was up in Virginia. I um, think so. Like the lodge and everything. Yeah, uh, but I heard the lake has since gone dry. So I That's don't. That's what know. I've heard too. It's been drained or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this, this. I think it. I think it holds up fantastically. I really okay. do. I, I would not be ashamed of that at all. Okay, well then, I will put my shame away, and I will just own it. Uh, mine, I own it nonetheless, but if I had to say, uh, this is like one that I wouldn't put on if I had uh, company over, but uh, <laughs> Young Einstein soundtrack, and then we discussed okay. this, but we yeah, I really, I really do uh, love this soundtrack. Um, it's got a lot of Australian artists on there. And uh, yeah, I just, I just remember listening to the soundtrack as a kid and being like, really, you know, it was like that poppy rock type oh, stuff. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know what? I still listen to it. Still listen hey, to it. No judgment here. No, none. Um, you know, I, I even like the movie still. I know it's not historically accurate, but it's <laughs> really, it's a really great. Yeah, I thought it was a really great movie, and I, I, I will own that. You know, oh, should I Spotify it? You can. Uh, <laughs> you may not come up. Uh, bu- 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 you may not come up with a soundtrack. You may come up with a soundtrack playlist. Uh, now, what I mean by that is that you know you may not actually find. Young Einstein soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of have to put um, it together. And the playlist is probably put up there by you. It's your playlist. No, it's not. Oh, okay. okay. It's mine. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but go check it out. I, I enjoyed it. Um, okay. It, what was the name of the band? Um, oh, Midnight Oil. 
a lot of songs in there remind me of the song how do you sleep when a bed's not burning it's kind of something like that but yeah some of them is just uh just melodies uh some of them are a little bit more punky some of them are downright rock and roll but yeah it's great it's a really great soundtrack i enjoyed it well that is a good recommendation all right. Put so another thing to put on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When you come up with yours, I thought you were going to say the greatest showman. Oh, no, no. I got you. But you know, another one. And I was going to put this on my list for, um, one of the best scenes, music, movie scenes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, it had a pretty decent soundtrack and you wouldn't realize it. Step brothers. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I Definitely. was going to the Sweet Child of Mine scene, the car scene. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then All the right. part where, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. And then it plays with that song by Hall and Oates. I can't remember where oh, it was. Uh, um, uh, you Make My Dreams Come yes. True. Yes, oh, oh, So that could kind of go a little bit guilty pleasure category, but I am not guilty I don't feel guilty or embarrassed one bit that Step Brothers is my second favorite movie of all time. There's nothing wrong with that. You sound like my wife. <laughs> it's, is she a Step Brothers fan? Oh, absolutely. It's like, it's the best movie. I'm so not a raper. <laughs> I'm so not a raper. <laughs> uh, what are you doing? Uh, watching cops. <laughs> Why are you so sweaty? Just watching cops. And he's like, I know cops doesn't start till four. So that's Too a running gag in my health. Probably half of my dialogue with my husband is me quoting stepbrothers quotes. You're not not going to quote stepbrothers. <laughs> I know. How do you not get Randy Jackson's autograph? <laughs> That's so great. All right. So most underrated soundtrack. What do you have? I want to hear you yours. Know, to me, this is one that I thought it was underrated because not a ton of people that have asked about this movie have watched the movie, much less heard the soundtrack. Then I did a little bit of research on it, and it got some Academy Award nominations, so I guess it's not underrated. But uh, the soundtrack to That Thing You Do from 1996. And see, I'm not a fan of the movie. No kidding? <laughs> no, I don't like it. I love that movie. Love I don't know movie. why love it made such a big splash during the 90s. I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay. it's adorable. How? It was... Cute. It was the Beach Boys, is what it was. It was like a cross between the Beach Boys, the Beatles. I do get that, but the music was good. Um, I just, I really enjoyed that movie and the I soundtrack. I just so see, it is, it. it is underrated because you're just, you're not rating it correctly. Maybe you're just overrating it. Maybe you're just, stupid. Well, what do you got? What's your most underrated? Um. Okay, so I got two for this one. The first one's going to be uh, the movie Baby Driver. Okay. Uh, the a lot baby of good Dri- music in that movie. Yes, there was. Um. So yeah, I, I definitely go with that one because it's hard to beat a, a movie that is uh, basically the dir- the director actually wrote out the soundtrack and then wrote the movie on how he oh, wanted wow. the scenes to go around those songs and i thought that was really great that would um, be how i would write a movie yeah that would be I think really the great music is the most important part yeah 
Um, and then second of all, uh, the, the 90s uh, movie Can't Hardly Wait. It had a number okay. of various artists on there. Uh, Buster Rhymes, Missy Elliott, um, uh, Third Eye Blind, Smash Mouth, um, some Matthew Sweet. Sounds like uh, a regular 1990s soup. I'm telling you, it was a really great soundtrack. I'm trying to think who else who else was on there. Um, but as a matter of fact, I did have the playlist the other day pulled up, and you will be able to find the soundtrack for that one. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was a really good one. Um, but I guess my point of it is, is that with that movie, there is a lot of music that is in the movie that does not make it onto the soundtrack. And I, in my opinion, that is false advertisement for soundtracks. That because, always takes me off. Oh my God, yes. And even uh, if it's like just, you hear it in the background, even if it's not yeah. to be like a music scene in the movie, you hear it. Oh, I agree. You hear it and you think, um, you know, it just becomes a part of the movie to you and you expect it to be on the soundtrack. And when it's not, that's a problem. Oh, I definitely agree because it, it really does tick me off with that. Um, because I'm like, I seen it, you know, I saw it on the trailer or I heard it on the trailer or yeah. whatever the case is. And then you turn around and then it's not in the movie or it's in the movie and it's not on the soundtrack. And you're like, I bought the soundtrack just yeah. for that song. Especially you when know? You have to- You'd buy the cassette tape or the CD oh, yeah. and be on there. False advertising. You're right. <laughs> for real. I don't like real, it. But yeah. But yeah, there's a there's a ton of great uh uh um, um, music on like for example, uh I don't know if you ever heard of the band Eve Six. Yeah. Uh Eve Six had a song that played throughout uh Can't Hardly Wait. It played a few times on there. But the crazy part about it was it wasn't on the wasn't on the soundtrack, so I don't know. That's terrible. You remember that song Here's to the Night by Eve Six? Yes, I, I do. Love that song. Yep. Here's to the night. Yeah. It that remind I think they tried to I could be wrong. I'm not saying anything bad because that alone is a great song, but it felt like they were trying to uh piggy uh, piggyback on the uh, the time of your life by Green Day. Yeah, I could, I could kind of see that. Yeah. I wouldn't have ever thought I, about that, but uh, yeah, I can, I can see. Where I can't, that. I can't recall which came first though. So, I think it would have been uh, "Time of Your Life." I think so for sure. Oh, uh, what is it called? Good Riddance. Yeah, yes. Name of the song. yes. Okay. And so, finally, what is your best overall soundtrack? What is the one that you say? Oh, you haven't heard this. You need to listen <laughs> to this. That would be Eddie and the Cruisers. Oh, John Cafferty and the Beaver yep. Brown Band. Okay, I'm, Dark glad, I'm glad you know. I'm so glad you know. I, I had this whole thing written up to where I had to uh, explain to you what Eddie and the Cruisers is. No, nope, why you I need know. to watch the movie and listen to the soundtrack. That um, okay? I w- I will say this. Okay, now don't hate me for it, but You're probably going to the soundtrack is so much better than the movie. You know, the movie. I'll have to, it is a major, major nostalgia movie for me. I watched it growing up as a kid. I wa- I've probably seen that movie 80 times, at least. I'm not even kidding. It's one of those movies that I know, kind of like Step Brothers, I could, and Goodfellas, I can, you know, recite the whole movie. Um, so I, I enjoyed the movie. Watching it now, yeah, there's some holes in it. It's not yeah. super believable, but I still enjoyed the movie. But you're right, the soundtrack was excellent. 
Oh, absolutely. It was great. Um, I don't know how many people actually remember John Cafferty and the, well, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Beaver band. Brown band. Was the, yeah, that was the band that actually wrote and performed the songs in right. the movie. But yeah. the, you know, it was one of those things where the people in the movie weren't actually singing the songs, but it was really good songs that were being played. Yeah. And, and he uh, did that a really is, good job lip syncing, though, I thought. I, I thought so, too. Uh, it's one of those things where you don't actually, um, you don't, you don't, those are songs you don't really hear on the radio anymore. No, you don't. Um, the other day I did hear, what is it, On the Dark Side on the Oldie Station. And it's okay. really kind of sad some of the stuff they're playing on the Oldie Station now. I just have to throw <laughs> that out there. It's like, really? <laughs> Come on now. When did Stone Temple Pilots become exactly. classic radio? <laughs> yeah, so, no yeah, kidding. I understand. Um, but I really enjoy the soundtrack. I've probably had 10 copies of it over the course of right. 25 years. Um my parents loved it too. I listened to it growing up. The second one, um, the movie was probably still not even as good as the first one. But <laughs> and the soundtrack wasn't as good as the first one, but I thought the soundtrack was pretty solid for the second movie as well, the sequel. I got you, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been years since I saw either one of them, but I just remember the music and, and definitely I mean it's just it's just it's very nostalgic. Even the music sounds nostalgic. So yeah. yeah. Completely understand. Love it, What though. you got? Yeah, love it. What you got? All right. So the funny thing about this one is that the director of my most underrated soundtrack is the same director for the best overall soundtrack. Okay. Um, and in my opinion, um, that would be Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Hmm. Okay. Have you ever seen it? I have not. You need to watch it. Okay. <laughs> totally need to watch it. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You know, yes. like, I, this list is growing longer and longer of all this stuff that you're like, oh, you have to watch it. And I'm like, I've I'm telling you, you, look, I've got to watch Untouchables. Or, uh, yeah. No, not Untouchables. Goodfellas. Uh, Goodfellas, I'm sorry. Have you yeah, never I, seen Goodfellas? <laughs> I do not. Oh, but you've seen Scott Pilgrim's and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. I don't know, but you, you've never seen Goodfellas. <laughs> Versus the world. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. You need to watch uh, it. But then again, you may not like it because I know you're not a fan of Marvel movies. This is not a is Marvel a, movie. Oh, it's okay. not a Marvel movie. The DC? Uh, uh, nope. This is based on a like a graphic novel or a okay. you know, like a series of graphic novels. Um, but the movie, the, the movie itself is, is a really great movie. It's based on... Uh, you will find a lot of 90s, 80s uh, video game nostalgia in really? this movie. Yeah. Now tell me uh, this. Is it animated? Nope. Okay, then I could probably watch it. Uh, Michael Sarah. Um, okay, uh, what's the guy? Uh, <laughs> Bill Hader. He plays the narrator of the movie. Um, Brie Larson is in it. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the, what's uh, uh, Kieran Kieran Culkin? Uh, oh yeah, which Macaulay Culkin's uh, uh -huh. little brother. Uh, he he he's in it. But yeah, I just thought the the soundtrack to this one was really great. Um, it's there was a okay. So number one, you need to know that this was uh, this is a little bit more. I think it 
Canada Canadian movie or Canadian songs, and maybe I'm wrong with that about that. I, I apologize, but uh, there was a lot of music when I first watched this movie. There was a lot of music in there that I had never heard of. Uh, some of it was written for this uh, movie. Some of it was not. Uh, but you actually have uh, a couple of songs in there that are sung by the band in the movie, which is called the name of the band is called the Sex Sex Bob Bomb. Now, okay, <laughs> that's a new one right. on me. Okay, do, do, you saw. Well, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, do you remember the little bombs on the Mario Brothers? The little uh-huh. bombs, and you had yeah. to jump on them, and they would stop walking, and then uh, they would turn red and then explode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was called a bob bomb. Okay. Okay, but not a sex so, bob bomb. No, but okay. this—that's the name of the band, and uh, it's funny enough because in the very first few minutes, uh, they were playing a song, and it was like, so Mike, it's Michael. Let's see, it's one, two, three, four. There's three members of the band. Um, Michael Sarah plays bass, lead guitar and vocals are by Steve, somebody. Uh, and then Allison Pill, who plays uh, one of Steve Carell's daughters in the movie, Dan in real life, is actually oh, yeah. the drummer in this. Oh, and cool. uh, I love her character in this movie, by the way. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, Michael Sarah goes, he's all right, this next song is called Launchpad McQuack. And they were like, no, this isn't that song. And then you see Allison Pill. It was like, we are sex, ba-bomb. One, two, three, four. And then they go into the song. And it's <laughs> it's really catchy music. That's really? the great thing about it. It's stuff unheard unless you watch the movie. But all here's one great thing about it is that all the songs that are played in the soundtrack are on the movie. Are on the soundtrack. I mean, oh, in the movie. <laughs> I said it backwards. See, that's all a good, them- <laughs> yeah, that's a good selling point for the soundtrack. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We have all Hang the songs. On. Let me <laughs> hear me. I'm writing it down. Scott. Uh, yeah. Pilgrim. Sounds like you're, you're pencil whipping it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> versus um, the world. Okay. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, you're gonna think the same thing I did um, <laughs> about this movie uh, because, like. I watched it to a point. I'm like, wait a minute. What in the hell is going on? And then when you realize what's going on, you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then like, so you give it a chance and now it's grown into one of my most favorite movies. Really? So is it one of those you kind of have to watch a few times to really appreciate it? Uh, I would think so. I'll put it this way. This was one of those movies that once I watched it the first time, I wanted to immediately watch it again. Oh, okay. Those don't come around often enough. No, they don't. That was how it was with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though. Yeah, that's the way I, I felt. But I was again. like, oh, I don't have three hours. Exactly. It's like, okay, <laughs> I have to wait for this to come out on DVD or whatever, and then I could watch it. I have to yeah. watch it in bits and pieces, but I definitely need to rewatch it. So my question is, is if is that if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was actually made on VHS, how long do you think it would take to rewind? I don't know. It would probably be on two tapes like Titanic. Okay. Look at you. Look at you. I was was testing you. (laughs) Yep. Look at you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I understand. I'm, I'm old. Nah. I'm an old lady. Nah. Did you ever watch the sound of music? 
Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Well, it was on two VHS tapes too, and I only really? ever watched the first tapes. I never saw the second tape where like they're getting chased <laughs> by the Nazis and stuff. <laughs> so I, I didn't realize what that whole movie. I didn't get the the full picture of the movie until several years later. I'm like, oh, I'll be darned. I did not realize that movie was that long. Yeah, that's a long but, one. Yeah. Um, if I remember I, right, did you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in theaters? Nope. I am trying to remember. My husband and I watched it on a trip to Las Vegas. We went to see it in the theater. And maybe this is just a Mandela effect, or maybe, I don't know. Maybe I had too much popcorn in me. I don't know. But I'm thinking there was an intermission in that movie. Um, now, it's funny you mentioned that. Now, it being the type of movie as it is, and it being Quentin Tarantino, it's a possibility. However... Um, what was the, there was another, oh, the movies we talked about earlier, Grindhouse. Grindhouse uh-huh. actually had an intermission because it was two separate movies. And so okay. they would have an intermission in between. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, all right then. I'm looking, sorry, I'm looking on Google to see if there was an intermission. For some reason, I just feel like there was. Maybe there wasn't. Again, it may be my own little, um, Mandela effect, but it just Let's seems all like go to the lobby. lobby. Let's all, all go to the, the lobby. lobby. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's like I'm not finding anything that's telling me whether there was that's crazy or not. Huh. Okay. I'm going to add that to my list for future review research. and research. Yes. There you go. Um, yeah, there, there's actual drive in not far from here. Um, that we've been through a handful of times, and it, it's it's like that too. Um, and, the drive uh, fun. Oh yeah, I really enjoy that, especially if you go around the spring springtime area uh, era. You know, you don't have the the complete heat of the summer. Right. Um, either going in the fall or going in the spring is the best time to go, in my opinion. Right. Uh, and remember to crank those cars every so often. Because yeah. <laughs> if not, you will be not leaving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are right about that. I haven't been to the drive-in in a long time. There's one not far from here. That's great. That's awesome. I, I love the drive-in. Um, so real quick, because I just watched this movie the other day, but have you seen the movie Ghostbusters Afterlife? Yes. I loved it. Did you watch it yet? Yes. What'd you say? I was bawling like a baby. Oh, why? Why? What do you mean, why? Did we not watch the same movie? You were, you were crying? I or wonder. you were bawling? <laughs> yeah, I was crying. Oh. <laughs> it's so cool. Did it, just, did it just really, it just really it, touched It you was like very that? nostalgic. Um, it was. And I think that's why I liked it so much. It was very nostalgic. And I liked the fact that it had kids in it. I know some people weren't super Oh, yeah. That, I, thought, I, really I thought it was great. It. Yeah, yeah I, I thought the kids did an outstanding job. Oh, yeah. Um, however, it's funny because the two youngest kids, uh, which would have been McKenna Grace, uh, was a Phoebe in the movie uh-huh. and uh podcast. He yeah. those two really sold it to me. Oh yeah. The other two kids, the probably the more higher paid kids, they did very little next to nothing for me. Right. Um Finn Wolfhard, you were great in in it. You were great in Stranger Things, but you need to do better, sir, because 
I expected a lot from you, and you let me down. All you did was drive. That's all you did the entire time was drive a freaking car. Anybody can do that. Look at all the taxi cab drivers in this in in the United States. Thousands of millions of millions of thousands of. Well, he's also like (laughs) fourteen. Give him a break. I think he's older than that now. Don't cut this kid no slack. (laughs) I have to say, like, I didn't come out of that movie thinking, man, that child actor could have done so much better. I'm so disappointed. You, you know, all he did was turn the wheel. I'm like, really? This is it. He didn't even turn the wheel. What even didn't even do it a quarter of a turn. Just move the wheel back and forth. That was it. Dee, 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 dee. I'm like, really? On a green screen, probably. <laughs> probably. But uh, I mean, it, it was okay. So the biggest thing he okay, he got the car running. Okay, he got the car running. I mean, that's I don't even know. I don't even know if itself. that was him though. Well. I don't know. I need to rewatch it. I guess. Oh man, uh, I thought it was really great. I thought I, uh, I thought it was really good. And uh, just if you haven't go see seen it yet, go do yourself a favor. Go watch it. Yeah. Um, I will say this much: it is available for rent or purchase on Amazon uh, as of right now, which is where I watched it. So I had the uh, ability to watch it here in the um, comfort of my own home. And I absolutely adored it. I really did. Um, You know, it didn't try, it didn't try to be anything that it wasn't. And it stood on its own. I don't think it did either. And it pulled it off. And maybe it was the fact that um, the, the original director, um, Ivan Reitman, his son directed this one, Jason Reitman. Oh, okay, and, cool. I didn't realize yeah. that. And so, yeah, he, uh, the, all right. So, first of all, have you ever seen Ghostbusters 2? Is that the one? That's not the one that came out with the women. It was like no, an actual no, sequel no, no, to no, Ghostbusters. No, no. no y- I haven't yes. seen Ghostbusters 2. This is the one where they actually take the Statue of Liberty down through Manhattan. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen it. Okay, well, there's a scene at the beginning of this one. So this one is after the first one, the 1984-85 uh, movie. And uh-huh. uh, so what ends up happening is you see, I believe it's Winston and um, whoever Dan Aykroyd's character is. I can't remember. Ray. Ray stands. Okay, yeah. And so they go to a kid's birthday party at the beginning of um, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. And when they're there, uh, one of the kids... You know, they're trying to do their thing that they're getting paid to do, which is with saying dance. And, you know, they're like, who are you going to call? And then, you know, and then this one little kid comes up and he's just like, he's like, my dad says you're full of crap and you're always <laughs> going to be full of crap. And you guys didn't do anything for this city and da, 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 da. Oh my gosh. Like, and then you see Ray, Dan Aykroyd turn to Winston and he goes, song. And like you hear him press the song and they're playing the Ghostbusters song and they start dancing together or whatever. And, you know, and then like, is there something strange in your neighborhood? Who are you going to call? And then you hear all the kids go, he man, he man, he man. <laughs> I don't know how I missed the second one. I don't, I I don't either. I kind of forgot that there was a second one. To tell well, you it's, it's, I, I don't even think the, the new one acknowledges the, the existence of the yeah, second one. I don't think it does. <laughs> I guess was the second one kind of a box office flop? Uh I wouldn't call it a flop. It's just not uh up to par. It probably person. made it probably made pretty good money for its time, but the problem right. of it is is that nobody liked it. 
Okay, yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed certain moments of it. Uh, I did, uh, especially uh, Bill Murray. You, you okay. gotta love Bill Murray. Oh yeah, uh, Bill Murray's character. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed that very much. So and so. Well, guys, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I know this is gonna this is a long one, uh, but you know what? We, we enjoy doing this, and we hope that you guys enjoy this uh, episode too. We're trying to be like Joe Rogan with the three-hour podcast, so uh, <laughs> we're well we're on our way. Do? No, not really. I was saying, uh, you didn't but... give me the memo. I mean, we're getting there. <laughs> we're about halfway there. We're I know, there. right? Well, actually, we got about thirty minutes recorded from the first time around, and so now we got an hour and fifty minutes. So we're almost there. We're at two and a half hours right now, ma'am. Watch your back, Joe Rogan. We're coming for you. We're coming for you, Joe. <laughs> And hey, can I invite our listeners to share with us some of your favorite music movie moments? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, send them we to would, us. Yeah, we would absolutely love that. If you guys are into movies and you love some good music, let us know what are your favorite songs from your movies. You, yeah, and you your tell favorite us. Guilty Pleasure soundtrack. That's yeah. what I'm really interested in. What's your Guilty Pleasure soundtrack? Because <laughs> apparently mine's not as... It's guiltier than it should be, apparently. Um... I'm trying to think what would I think I had another one on here and I can't recall what it was. Yeah, for whatever reason, I think I had something written down, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I don't know. I can't think. I don't know. Maybe I should have wrote it down. <laughs> Maybe that's helpful sometimes. You get to be our age, you got to nah, start writing that's right. Yeah. Otherwise, you just ramble on. <laughs> that's what but, we do that's what we do but anyway guys uh join us here next time as we uh who knows what we'll talk about next time um actually lexi i think i gave you a little bit of homework last time we spoke about something i needed you to look into yeah and i'm a little intimidated but I'll really give it a shot yeah yeah give it a shot because uh I'll, I'll i'll look into it a little bit more and uh kind of dive into it as well but i think you guys are going to be really quite pleased with what we got for the next show so be sure to tune in for that um any of you who are being affected by this ice and this snow you guys take care out there be safe uh watch out for yourself on these roads um it's it's a mess out there right now so uh just be careful and uh until next time i've been your host isaiah and i'm lexi say stay let's see cinema spooky <laughs> cinematically spooky there you go we'll see you next time all right bye guys later bye